Hi, I'm David Abrams, and I want to welcome you to this edition of the Tenant Experience Network podcast. I want to welcome today's guest, Leota, CEO and founder at Group 337 and creator of Inside Access Control, an entrepreneur and executive with over 18 years of experience starting, building, and leading businesses with a track record of sales growth and marketing effectiveness. In this episode, we will learn about Lee's journey to his current position as founder and publisher, where he combines his industry experience with his expertise in the technology space. We will tap into his thinking around self-awareness and recognizing the business opportunity as his keys to success and get a glimpse into what is top of mind for Lee as he continues to navigate through new challenges and emerging opportunities. We are excited to be sharing this podcast with you, so make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the Tenant Experience Network. And now I'd like to welcome Lee to the show. Hey, Lee, really glad you could be with us today, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much. So let's start with your journey to your current role as founder of Group 337 and creator of Inside Access Control. Uh, how did you get started and sort of walk me through uh, what led to uh, where you are today? No, I, thanks for the opportunity. Um, so yeah, so uh, Group 337 and Inside Access Control started uh, roughly around January of this year. Uh, I left a position with a company and uh, with really, in all honesty, not a true north of what I was going to do. Um, I, I know I wanted to stay within the industry that I was in. Uh, I know I wanted to express myself and uh, built relationships with uh, executives within the industry that I could leverage for consulting uh, on that case. And then at the same time, started a newsletter that was really more me just expressing myself, like I said. And uh, next thing you know, uh, pandemic hits. Uh, at the same time uh, before, if I could take a step back, I also started interviewing a lot of the uh, executives and startups and people within the space with this idea that Good content. Um, pandemic happens. The main trade show that we have uh, goes away. And I have 25 interviews with people. Uh, and I started putting them out daily on LinkedIn and growing a network uh, early on that case. So call me lucky, I guess. Um, next thing you know, the association that the Security Industry Association sponsors it, newsletter grows, articles go viral. Uh, I wrote one that that grabbed you know grabbed a hold of people I guess and went big, uh, and that that created uh, even more awareness. And since then, uh, we have three websites, uh, six podcasts, uh, three newsletters. Uh, the consulting business is doing well, and in October we'll we'll bring out our data from the analyst side. So uh, we've created three legs to the stool, uh, and and very excited about it. That's really extraordinary, and 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 of course, at a, at a time when uh, there's been so much uncertainty and 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 so many things that we could not have planned for, and and yet you've you've really obviously resonated with the marketplace. Yeah, I think so. If you think about it, so, our business uh, is within the physical access control visitor management uh, space, and this whole idea now that if people wanting to go back to work uh, and and things to reopen, uh, a lot of that's going to be done through technology. And a lot of it goes through access control. And the industry was already uh, sort of on, on a, we were calling it a, an accelerated path of, uh, uh, of change anyways. This just like lightning speed on it because 
you were seeing an industry that was, was, I would say, late to adoption of technology and mainstream, all of a sudden be thrown right in the middle of it. And a lot of the things that used to be like the haves are now must-haves. And we've created a platform uh, for people to have good stories and conversations around that that's not just from the manufacturers. And then my expertise, if you would, in the of understanding technology in the space, companies are using that as a good way to help uh, give insights and, and direction. So, you know, again, I, I'll, I'll say luck uh, in a lot of cases of, of what's made that, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of luck along the way. Um, so, you know, you've been an entrepreneur, you've worked in the corporate world. Why do you think you were uniquely suited to this new opportunity that has emerged before you and, and what unique skills have helped you to become successful? Yeah, uh, so I would say a lot of it's come down to self-awareness uh, more than anything else. And, and I've come to the realization and I've gotten real comfortable with the fact that uh, at a lot of them, if you look at my past, they've been sort of two to five year stints and then off. And I would say I've almost been a consultant for companies, just a single one for for said period of times, right? So um, I think it was a, a more of a self-realization that I'm probably my best and my happiness and best to my family uh, by focusing on the things and the passion that I have and the uh, the ability to go do it. Now, it has to be met with, you know, business opportunity as well on the other end. Otherwise, you know, I'm not independently wealthy and 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 this isn't a non-for-profit. So uh, you know, there, there was a, there need, there need, there's a need there as well. Um, so I would say that's, that's what's driven me more to do what I do now. Um, when I left the last place and this is not, has nothing to do with them. This was just, a, I'd say culmination of a lot of places was I wanted to work on projects that I wanted to do with people that I wanted to work with that, that got me excited. And I said, sent out a path that if I created that good content and good information, the marketplace will be there. And I need about a thousand people. If I use the Seth Godin uh, approach to this, I need a thousand people to create a tribe. Right. Uh, and, and you know, there's not a lot of people that are excited about the niche of access control, but I am. Right. So I'm just going to, I'm going to express myself. And, and that's what drove it. I think that that's amazing. And I, I think to have that, that awareness, as you mentioned, and then the, the wherewithal to, to commit to that path, uh, uh, great things will happen. So um, any advice for someone wanting to follow a similar path, um, you know, either coming out of, you know, the corporate world or, or coming into this new uncertain world, uh, what would you suggest? Uh, my suggestion would be to start small and just start doing uh, more than anything else. I mean, there's so many platforms, whether it's LinkedIn or Medium or Substack, you, you name them, the ability for you to, you know, whatever gives you passion and, and you you love doing just to do it, you know, whether it's doing these, like there's, I, I know a good amount of people, like I've noticed. So of those six podcasts that we do, I do one, five of them are other people that their biggest, I would say impediment to go is them just doing. And it was, a lot of it was more of either time, self-confidence, you know, this idea you put yourself out there. Um, but I would just start small and the community can be, you know, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your friend, your neighbor, whatever. And you'll see the, if, if you start doing it, you just, it gets out there. And the next thing you know, you can catch wind. And I, I didn't predict the, the pandemic to happen and this whole getting back to work movement and, you know, was going to be met with what we're doing. It just, you know, but if I didn't start and get out there doing it, I would have missed an opportunity. So I would just get going. 
Right. Well, listen, uh, I've never been a host myself of a podcast until now. And, and, and because of my passion and, and the love that I have for the tenant experience space, um, you know, creating this network podcast has been a lot of fun. And you're right. You just put your toe in the water and you start and you see where it takes you. And it's been quite exciting. Um, and certainly in, in for yourself and choosing to in, um, build out this um, this ecosystem all around access control. I mean, again, I, I don't think you were the, really the reason why we just went through probably the one, one of the most unprecedented times in the world in terms of the pandemic. But but certainly all of a sudden access control, what may have been a a, a, a want to have or nice to have has certainly gone to a must have, um, yeah. we, we think as well. Yeah. So if, if you look at it, so I'll, I'll tweak that just a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure. So it, it's always been a must have, but it was a story around security of keeping bad people out. Right. And it, it, it was, it had tension with convenience before, right? So you put barriers up, you, you put locks, you put, um, turnstiles. Um, and, and it really was, a, a a, a cottage industry that was in the basement that you didn't really want to mess with it because if somebody did something bad, you don't want to own that. Right. So, you know, that's been great and that's allowed it to grow at what it is, you know, 8% growth is a good thing in our industry and we were plodding along and um, anything that was considered convenient was considered insecure. Well, then came mobile and that really was driving a lot of the convenience conversation of like, well, why do I need to use this card? I have my phone. I just want to get in. It's a lot easier. It's fun. It's cool. The rest of it. But that was always like, yeah, you don't want to do that though, because you have to balance convenience and security. And people from outside the industry are like, do I? I don't think I do. Like I can give you a hundred examples of other places where I don't have to do that. And we were already having that friction. And then, yeah, then in comes T-bone of health where it then came into this thing like, I don't want to touch that doorknob or right. that lock. And I all of a sudden, visitors, they're also my employees. And I, I need to pre-register and I need to know. And I, how are we going to do that? And it's like, well, technology. You know, the same people that were doing convenience before talking about seamless, all of a sudden, overnight, we became touchless. It's the same technology. It's just marketing message, right? And it, it met the customer where they're at. Uh, and so... Yeah, those those things that I would say what's become nice to have now that switch to a must have is that technology middle ground of convenience where the value proposition wasn't great enough. The value of being a siloed security product wasn't there. But now you mix it with tenant experience and you mix it with health primarily uh, and you mix it with uh, tech and all of a sudden it's a need to have because I need this to have confidence and trust that that building I'm about to go into isn't going to make me sick. And, and that all of a sudden budgets open, the CEOs care about it. There's a marketing component, there's risk associated to it. So now you get the CFO involved and all of a sudden it, it, we, we move out of the basement or there's a whole bunch of people now that are coming in from external threats that, that are challenging uh, the, the status quo. And, and it's, it's pretty exciting. Well, I'll accept your friendly amendment. And I, actually, the way, it, it's really interesting because I, I love what you said about, you know, the old the old system used to be about keeping people out. And now it's really about allowing people to get in. Amen. Right? I would, yeah. So I would also say what's switched in it too is there's a human centricity to this that we didn't have before. Before, the people on the end were a card and a black reader on the wall. So frankly, we didn't care about the end user. That's the secret to our industry. We did not care. 
<laughs> we cared about the installer and the admin. That's what we focused on because frankly, that's who knew about our system. And no offense, but like the end users, you didn't care about us either. You were like, give me the card if I have to use it and just let me get in and out. And then, you know, you don't know me. I don't know you. It's fine. Right. So now all of a sudden, no, that's flipped. And in mobile and whether it's health data, you know, all of a sudden our industry has behavioral sciences paying attention to it and the HR departments and the rest. So it's, uh, it's pretty interesting and, it, and, it's, and it's only going to get greater in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so what's the biggest challenge you're currently experiencing and how do you think you'll overcome it? Uh, my, my problem currently right now is growth, which is a, a good problem to have. And, you know, how I'm going to do it is uh, I've got a good network of people around me that, that help. Um, I've been taking some classes and trainings that help make sure we're going in the right direction and working on the right things, um, prioritizing and really understanding where the, the, the good return. Um, I would say the, the other side of it is the balance of just life and work, if you would, with what's going on now. Um, you know, it's, I've always worked for my house, so that's not new, but my whole family being around and sort of the, the emotional pressures of making sure I'm doing right for my kids and and the rest that are here while I'm also helping be their teacher and, you know, or, you know, all the things you're supposed to do, but then also running a business like, so that side. So, so really leveraging my, my friends and network and the rest to help do that. But that, that's, that's primarily where, you know, the pressures are at currently now. Right. Well, certainly the 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 growth challenges is a good is a good position to be in. Uh, and in terms of managing all the other conflicting and, and converging um, issues, you know, many of us are dealing with those same challenges. Uh, so we're in the same boat there. And I, I suspect there'll be more learning shared over time. And and we'll all sort of look for for those opportunities from each other to 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 help navigate through this. Um, so if I were to give you an extra $100,000 of budget, all of a sudden you've got $100,000 to spend uh, right now. How would you spend it and why? Yeah, uh, I would do a couple things. I would uh, make whole some of the people that have been helping me that, that do it, you know, on a, on a you know, because they're good people. So I, I would help them out on that case because they, they've, been, they've been wonderful on doing it on that end. Um, and yeah, I, I would, I would create some more resource opportunities for people to get involved in what we're doing to expand the platform and, um, you know, take maybe some of the, the areas, uh, that I'm focused on to, to work on some other stuff with the business and bring in the resources. So yep. mainly on people, people, um, you know, um, I, since I've gone down this path, certainly you're, you're right. There's no shortage of people that have stepped up and, and, and are, are willing to help. And we live this ecosystem of technology and, um, and startups, and it, it's amazing. And uh, we, we all tap into it. So I, I love the, the you know, the, that pay it forward, but maybe actually being able to use some of that, that hard cash to do so. Yeah, I, I think it's the uh, right thing to do. <clears throat> agreed. Uh, any resources, mentors, colleagues, or books that have helped you uh, along your journey that you, you think our listeners would find helpful? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I talk about and I look up because the the book uh, that, that I keep uh, around. Um, there's a handful of them uh, that I that I have up on my shelf shelf here. But uh, E Myth Mastery was one that that set me on a, a path that's been wonderful. I read it. It's got to be now 15 years. But um, that one about really it, it struck me. And some of it's you know a lot of these books are common sense, but um, it's the application of them that. <laughs> 
that, that, that where it really comes down. But this one was more like the working on your business than in your business, that type of concept and how taking things and making them into processes. So repeatable systems. Um, I've, I'm, I'm shocked at how that just deeply got into me. And now when I look at it, it's the, it's like that scene from the matrix where a million things are flying at you and it's a slowly, you know, the bullets go by. Like that's, that's how my application process of of that book has has made an impact um, on that side. Uh, On the mentorship side, uh, outside of my father, he, he's a big one on that end. Um, he, he's been uh, someone that, you know, from the beginning has guided me, but even throughout he's been helpful and, uh, the, you know, keeping me grounded, but then also giving me the honest feedback. It's always good to have at least one to two to three people in your corner that, you know, can call it when, when they see it. Uh, right. my wife is another one, you know, she, she's a partner of mine in the business and, um, uh, she helps, uh, when, when I need help and gives me direction, a good sounding board on that side. Um, and then there's just a, a long list of, I would say, people I've either worked for or even have worked for me or have been peers mm-hmm. that that have given me uh, much more than I'll ever give them in, in, in a lot of ways. Well, that's that's refreshing to hear. You still got time, so that you can still make good on all of that. Yeah, no, I, I, I plan on it. <laughs> all right. Um, can you share any details about something new you're working on that you think our listeners might find interesting? I'm sure there's no shortage given the space that you're in. But anything of uh, particular note? Yeah, so we're we're about to launch uh, another site that is focused uh, in some of the verticals. So you know, our, our our plan is now turned into where we do these sort of deep, uh, you know, mild deep uh, technology or uh, areas like access control, visitor management. We're starting to now uh, introduce, I'll call them horizontals, like multifamily and commercial real estate, where you can take those different areas and all of those things from the access control, visitor management can be applied to a horizontal like multifamily. So I'm seeing good interest in people saying, great, like access control, like visitor management, help me understand how this applies to whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're starting to create content that is specific to speak to those communities and take the same method that we had of a very deep pool of people that are very focused, that want information that speaks to them. Um, so that that's the big thing that we're working on currently. Now we'll be launching that. Uh, hopefully, I don't know when this airs, but uh, this will be tomorrow our time. Okay. Um, so it'll be uh, pretty exciting for for us for because that's always. I mean, that's a that's a that's a fun ride uh, when that happens. Right. Interesting. Well, I'll look forward to, to keeping an eye out for that. Thank you. Um, if you could have one superpower, and it sounds like you might have a few already, but if you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, if I had one superpower, my I would say the biggest superpower that I would like would be uh, a, a deeper, uh, deeper sense of empathy uh, more than, than I, I would say it naturally comes to me. I, I work on it. Um, and you know, that's pretty vulnerable for me to say out loud, but it's the truth. Uh, it, it, that's an area that, that I, uh, I focus on and do. And if I could create that into a superpower where it became more natural for me, uh, I probably could go work on something else, but that, that would be the area that I would, I would want to have. Right. Well, it's interesting how many places empathy has a role to play. Um, and certainly as, as I've, I've learned more, you know, about the whole sales process, um, you know, if you're going to be selling, if you don't understand your customer and can't put yourself in your customer's shoes, for example, uh, it's pretty hard to do. And empathy plays a big role in that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is why I think it's interesting, at least from a technology standpoint, if you look at it, uh, our, our, our typical sales process has been very technical. Mm-hmm. And the behavioral sciences, I think, side of the impact now that I think one of the things that changes coming out of the uh, the, the crisis that, that we're in is uh, that that aspect of the people behind it. It's not just technical specifications. And you see that in, at least in our world, like you, you, everything you see now with like uh, thermal imaging cameras. Before that was like, yeah, we need that because we have this problem. We need to check people's temperature. But now we're starting to, the conversations that I haven't heard before were things like, okay, so what could go wrong with that? Right. Right? Like, like what's the process of the, in the impact that we're going to have that if you take someone's temperature and it's got a, you know, a, a false positive and this person can't get the work and the downstream effects of what that means to them. That that's why we talk a lot in our case around uh, going from access control to access care. Mm-hmm. And, and that that's a huge shift. And I think a lot of that is about human beings at the center. It's about empathy uh, and it's about a totally different way to sell and a way to market uh, and the way to actually consume products that that um, I believe has has was on its way, but totally accelerated because of what's gone on. Well, I love that notion of access control versus access care. And I think that speaks to your earlier comment that access control used to be about keeping people out. And now yeah. it's about how we can improve the process of allowing people in and making them feel safe and secure. So uh, I don't know if you've coined that yet, but uh, access. If I care, say it enough, does it count? I think it does, and I, I, right. I keep saying it because that really, uh, you know, I'm in, I'm in and around your space, and your space is a very big part of what we're doing. But that really uh, struck me instantaneously. I had an immediate reaction to that, um, and I think that just speaks so. Uh, it so aligns to what we're all going through, and and as buildings, I think are clearly struggling with you know reentry. Uh, you know, we all started, began writing reentry plans in May and June, uh, because that's simply what we do. We, we, we moved into crisis mode and then, you know, well, crisis mode is now under control. We got to start thinking about what's next. And, you know, those reentry plans anticipated maybe July 1st, people will come back on mass. Well, that has not been the case. Um, and I know in Toronto, we, you know, we've had numbers that are still anywhere from, you know, even less than 10% to maybe now creeping up to, you know, 15 or 20% but certainly not, you know, 30, 40 and 50%. So um, that, that use of the word care, I think is going to be essential um, as we continue to figure out how to, to bring people back to the workplace. Yeah, I couldn't agree more because it's ultimately, it's going to come down to trust. And I don't know about in Toronto, but like restaurants and cities and that that you have here, they put these signs on that show you like A rating, B rating, C rating, like uh, the cleanliness Oh, Same wow. thing's happening in buildings uh, now for where you go to work. And if people don't feel that they're going to be, that they can't trust that that place is clean, like just basic stuff like cleanliness, right? Um, I think either people aren't going to go, they'll be distracted. You know, you're going to go work for a place if you have the the ability to go work someplace else that has it. So it'll, it'll impact you in talent. Um, I think it'll, you know, impact the overall profitability of those buildings and, and that. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it that is uh, super heady and, and very exciting, in my opinion, to the transfer. It's very rare, I think, you, you have an opportunity to participate in a massive transformation. Right. Uh, and I think we're in the midst of it. And, you know, trust me, I have my moments where it feels heavy and it's like, you know, and it, it's, it's all the bad reasons why it's not. But then if you think of some of the good stuff that may come from this, 
it's those transformations and the evolutions that I think a lot of people wanted, but either weren't incentivized to do it or it was too hard or, you know, business models before wouldn't allow it to happen, whatever it might be, um, that I actually think now it's going to just uh, accelerate. And, and, and those of us that I think are, are out helping do that will benefit. Right. Well, you know, I used to say in, in our in our presentations that the commercial real estate industry was going through a revolution, and that was pre-COVID. Uh, you know, recognizing that it was no longer about desks and space. That you know, people wanted culture, amenities, programs, services. That um, you know, it, we were becoming more hospitality focused within commercial real estate. Uh, and certainly, I think you, to your point earlier, again, COVID has certainly accelerated a lot of what was already beginning to happen. Um, but I think we'll, we'll all start to unfold. Uh, a lot quicker. Yeah. And, and I think also it's something on that that you said too. I think I agree. I, I also think it realigned uh, priorities because the tenant experience, there was too much like talk about, Hey, look, I can order a latte through my phone. Like in doing things like that is like the primary value creation, which is like nice. Mm-hmm. But now the tenant experience is going down to like health and some of what I would call the utilities of uh, that are needed that, that actually really, really matter. And that the, the differentiation isn't the ability to order a latte. You know, the, the differentiation here is uh, productivity, it's, you know, health, it, you know, safety, um, bringing actually communities together, which I think will be interesting. And I, I think that you'll find a lot of these tenant experience applications will be sort of the, the fabric between the office and, and the remote work. I think there's some opportunities there to where, you know, you bring your office home with you type idea, um, you know, or, or it's your home now, you know, allows collaboration to happen. So I think, I think it's recalibrated uh, a lot of what tenant experience actually means. Uh, agreed. And, and our thesis from day one, as we created our, our tenant experience network platform, uh, was never to be basically selling a building app. Um, and, and, and the main reason for that is we did not believe that um, community, which we're trying to help foster and facilitate, uh, is created within the four walls of the building. We thought this before COVID. Um, and I think now coming out of COVID, I think there's a stronger case that, you know, building community now extends to, you know, perhaps a local cafe again, uh, perhaps your, your backyard patio. Um, and, and that's going to be on a daily, weekly basis. Um, it's now not going to be an infrequent uh, experience that, that you will be still want to be part of your building and part of that community, uh, but might be working at, on, on your patio for a particular afternoon or a particular day of the week. Um, so I totally agree. I think it's all about engagement and not just about um, specific features or, you know, to your point, ordering a latte. It's, it's how do you engage um, with the building as well that I think is going to be a big differentiator. Absolutely. Um, so you're, you're obviously curious by nature. Um, but, and you've shared a couple of, of tidbits of things that you're already working on, but is there anything that you're also really curious about right now and has got you thinking differently, uh, in light of current circumstances? Uh, yeah, I, I would say I'm, I'm very curious to a couple things. Uh, one of them being the ecosystem as a whole within our, our, our industry, if you would, of how that plays out. Um, cause I, 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 I don't think it's going to be an individual company or that I think it's going to be a culmination of a group of companies that come together to create the solution that people need. So I'm, I'm very interested in the ecosystem and how companies play together, the way that you prioritize everything from the nitty gritty of how you do integrations to what partnership means, like the differences between that, where before 
we kind of did that, but if we're all being kind of honest, there was, it wasn't, it wasn't elegant. And, and I think there's going to be a level of elegance needed uh, and purposefulness built around that. So I'm interested to see how people do that once that, you know, I, I think right now we're on hype cycle high and, and it'll come back down. The watermark will definitely not be where it was before, but it's not going to be currently where we're at right now uh, on the hysteria. And I think it comes down a bit and then that, that levels to what norm is. Um, so I'm interested to see when that happens and, and we come back, um, how people partner, how they work together, what that looks like. I'm also interested to see who falls off and, you know, and there's a whole lot because right now there's a flush of money coming into to these areas and some of the, you know, uh, valuations that you see, I don't know how they get realized, but then there's also this large incumbent world that is there that is entrenched into the process and the channel and, you know, it is still construction in a lot of cases. So they're, they're slow moving parts and the rest. So the, that whole world is colliding together and it will, you know, form a new star, I guess, uh, on that end of what it looks like. Um, so that that's a heavy case of, of, of where I'm, I'm really curious uh, on that end. Um, I, I'm also curious to see uh, what does stick like that. There's a lot of conversation. I don't, we did a thing where we tracked some trends and, and, and sort of the, the noise that was coming off of what happened. And you saw things that were never talked about before. Like we said, like touchless was not something anyone talked about before. And then all of a sudden it's all anybody's talking about, at least in our world. Um, and then those types of things will stay around and not, um, you know, I, I think when you mix the other area, I'm curious, the pandemic with uh, some of the societal stuff that's going on on that end and, and that, that mix that comes together on that side. Like, I, I just think it's, there's again, fabric changes that have happened there and the expectations of how we work and we live and, and, and what we care about and stuff like that, I think is, uh, is going to be uh, impacted. So I'm, I'm heavily curious of what that looks like, because I actually think there's, there's going to be a lot of accountability that's going to have to come from a lot of this stuff. And that's going to, that's going to force some changes. Um, and there's some good leadership. And then there's examples of just poor leadership um, that, you know, I think is interesting when you have the, the two ends of that, um, you know, you, you, you can, you could, you can create when there's like not one end and there's only one, if you would, it's kind of hard to know where the, the, the boundaries are, but I think we know the boundaries between good leadership and bad leadership on some of these cases and finding that norm in the middle of what, what, good looks like moving forward um, is, is super interesting uh, to me. And I mean, just selfishly on the curiosity on my end, this journey that I'm on with the company that I'm on, I'm, I'm interested to see where, where it goes. So that, that's, that keeps me plenty busy. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. Uh, is there anything you would wish you had known when you first started out? Now that could be when you first started out with this latest venture or when you even started out at the beginning of your career. Uh I think uh, what I would have known when I started my career, if I look back at that side, um, is I, I, I wish I would have spent more time on the personal development end um, than, than I did initially. I, I didn't, I, I totally underestimated emotional intelligence and um, self-awareness. I came from the old school of you just grind harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you grind harder, then, you, then you're going to win. Now, in some cases that does work because I've, I've seen and it has worked for me in some cases of, you know, if I, I can grind pretty good. So, um, but if I would have mixed that with the emotional intelligence work and that, I, I think it's a, a juggernaut that I think a lot of people, um, and I'm actually really, a lot of the young professionals that I work with currently now um, do a good amount of mentoring and that. And I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised at 
the level of awareness that a lot of them do. Now, you could argue whether they practice it or not, but at least they they understand in a lot of cases the what what that is. Like I don't I don't know if anybody in school when I was going through business school, they didn't like self-awareness and emotional intelligence. No, right. it was like economy, you know, we did economy and and whatever, but it was very mathematic. So, um I wish I would have known that. Um what I wish I would have known if I when I launched this. Now, I, at this point, I'm actually I don't want I, I, I it's too early to reflect, I guess, on that point. And frankly, don't want I, I'm still learning at this point. Um, so I, I don't have any short term reflections other than I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just thankful it's turning out and going in the direction that it is. Yeah, likewise. Uh, I, I've been watching that journey myself and, 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 of course, on my own personal journey. Uh, so we're both aligned in, 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 in being excited about building something new. Um, really glad that we could spend time together today. I, I really enjoyed the conversation. I hope that we can continue uh, to talk about not only um, access control and, um, and and secure buildings and what, what all of that looks like and, and caring buildings um, and also how it relates to you know what we're building all in and around tenant experience because I obviously think they're very closely connected. Oh, I think they are right together. And I appreciate the opportunity and, and I'm thrilled people like yourself are creating a platform for conversation and storytelling to happen because I think it's it's important and I think it's really the way that business is going to get done moving forward. So um, congratulations on your end for, for doing this. Thanks so much. Let's, let's keep in touch and uh, have a great day. Thank you. Will do. Thank you. Okay. Bye now. Thank Lee Otis for joining us on today's podcast and for sharing his journey and advice for starting small and just start doing. Great learning for all our listeners and an opportunity to gain insights into what it takes to be an effective leader. Please be sure to tune in again for future discussions with leading professionals and industry experts who all have something to say about experience in the built world and the impact that technology is having on the largest asset class in the world, commercial real estate. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on a future episode, please reach out to me directly at david at hiloapp.com. And until our next episode, I wish you all continued success in building community where you work or live. Thank you.